Welcome back to Starting Stalls. We're back again after a fabulous weekend of racing. Daryl, let's start our champion tips here on Betfair. Good weekend, bad weekend, indifferent? Uh, a little bit indifferent, I suppose. Friday, we had a good winner with Savvy Victory at 11 to 1 uh, over at Sandown. Things didn't quite go our way on Saturday. We backed Uzo and we backed Dutch Decoy, two horses in one race. They finished second and third. So slightly frustrating. We had a couple of other bets that didn't come off. I quite liked Banderas uh, in the race that was won by Lordship. We'll touch on him in a moment, but he was a non-runner. The rain didn't mm-hmm. quite arrive. There was expected a lot of rain, weren't they, I think? Yeah. And it just, it just didn't get there in time. So, yeah, a little bit indifferent. But I think the first week has gone okay. You know, I think we've, we've grabbed a couple of winners. Nice price at 11-1 on Friday. We made a bit of profit last week. So, hopefully, we can kick on and, and get some bigger price winners this week and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, we're settling in. That's that's the key. Because, settling in. Okay. Yeah. In, um, in halfway through the season. Yeah. I mean, well, look, well, yeah. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. But, like, how just settling in when you start writing a new column for a company like Betfair I'll tell you what the first few days were very nerve-wracking you know trying to get that winner on then you're trying to be too clever trying too hard yeah exactly and that's exactly what can happen and uh but hopefully we're settled in now and hopefully we can kick on so yeah how's your week been yeah not too bad I was at Sandown for the Eclipse which was obviously um great we'll sort of touch on that shortly uh so yeah that was nice and and um it, it was dear home for me doing, you know, all the boring home jobs, hoovering and whatever. But I managed to watch. Uh, Hold on. I managed to watch the Formula One. I managed to watch some Wimbledon. So I was happy. I think I had the best spot. To be I can guarantee you've got like people that come in and do all that for you. I, can, I cannot see Megan Nichols pushing around a Hoover. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cordless Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> I, just had to that. I also have serious OCD, so I have to do the cleaning myself because otherwise someone else would do it wrong. Um, but anyway, I definitely did do the hoovering. So before you sort of, you know, try and point the finger and see that I don't, the Dyson's <laughs> right behind me just in case. Um, so yeah, no, it was a, it was a good weekend. Suppose sundown uh, is certainly worth touching on. Small field in the eclipse, which is a shame. It can happen. I suppose it was a week closer to Ascot than than it can be. But what a race it turned out to be. Properly run race, which was great. And a real battle in the end. Yeah, I've got a lot of stick for the tweet I put out about this. I just put, I just said that. I I, didn't see it. Did you not? No, I I just said, I just said, I don't understand why people are getting so overexcited about a forerunner field. Um, and it seemed to have got a lot of people's backs up. Um, and, and I was just literally touching on the fact that it was a disappointing turnout, really. it was I wasn't actually mentioning anything about the way the race was run, about the two horses in the race that, that pulled to the fore as, as we knew they would. I didn't touch on anything of the sort of that. But just when you put a little tweet out that just goes against the sort of mainstream consensus where everybody said mm-hmm. it's a fantastic race or oh, they're on your back. They're on your back quicker than that. But look, it, it was a good race, but it was what it was like during the week on the build up to this race. I saw so many like outlets saying, oh, it's going to be such a tactical affair. Who's going to make the running? Who's going to do this? I thought, shut the f- You know what's going to happen. The, the horse West Wind Blows, who's made the running in 90% of his races, is going to go forward. The horse Dubai Honor, who's been held up in 95% of his races, is going to be your tail end. Paddington's never been more than 
uh, hind quarters off a, off a leader in, in any of his races, and Emily Upjohn's having the hood removed, so they're probably going to hold on to it. Like the 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 whole build up to this this week, it was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? It's like fuck off. Yeah, just... but I suppose people are just trying to you know bring help bring the excitement. Yeah, make lemonade out of lemons. I, I kind of get it, but like. You know, there's got to be a point where you've got to stop treating people like they're absolute idiots. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people knew the way the race was going to run. In there's terms of the race... There, though, <laughs> there are, there are. In terms of the race, though, it, it, it went exactly how you thought it would go on paper. I thought Paddington sort of just always had Emily Upjohn sort of at arm's length over that mile too. I know he was stepping up in trip, but he did look like a, a strong stayer at a mile. She was coming back in distance. Perhaps those factors played into into the result. She would obviously be ten pounds, I think, better off with him if, in his four year old career. I think as the weights transpired, obviously the weight for age allowance is there for for a reason. Um, but I, I thought he got first run on her and, and sort of just held on. Really, I didn't I didn't think there was a lot to digest with it. I, I don't mm. know about you. You were on course. You saw it first. Was out. it was it seven pound to Emily because she was a filly? Is that right? I think potentially she had a filly's allowance as well, didn't she? I think it was yeah, 10 pounds yeah. Maybe. Anyway, there obviously was that um, weight allowance, obviously, like you say, because he's a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say that I was pleased about is that West Wimblows made it a proper race, despite only being small fields. He went, you know, lovely, even fractions, and there was no hiding place. If one of the horses wasn't going to stay, or, you know, one of the horses, i.e. Paddington, if he wasn't going to stay, he would have been found out. Um, it was enough of a gallop that Stamina could have come as a strength to Emily Upjohn. I think, to be honest, it was an evenly run race. Emily had every chance to come past if she could, and she wasn't good enough on the day. And obviously, I understand the weight thing comes into it, but you can't really knock Paddington for what he's done. Agreed. Straight after, Aidan and Ryan both sort of said, he's quick, we need to drop him back. And although he's seen it out, and would I be surprised him to see him run over 10 again? No. I think that they're going to go back, drop him back to the mile, and try and use that speed again, because that's automatically how they both felt afterwards. Yeah. Do you think the ground was lively enough for, for Emily up, John? Mm, no. I think it was beautiful ground, because I know that the day before, um, Dougie Costello did an interview with Lydia and had said it was just a little bit sort of tacky on the slow side of good, where it was drying out. But we had a lot of rain between about 10 o'clock and two o'clock at sundown. Um, I think it ended up being sort of three mil or something like that. And a lot of rain, it felt like a lot of rain, um, but still three mil ish fell um, before the eclipse. And if it was just on the slow side of good anyway, with that as well, I think to be honest, there's no excuse. I think it would have just been beautiful ground. She's acted on slower. She's acted on better as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was much quicker at Epsom. That is hundred percent sure. Um, yeah. so I'm not sure you could, you could blame the ground. To be honest, you, I think she's run really solid in my opinion. I mm. think she's run an after crash. Yeah, I agree. I think she's better over a mile and a half. I do. Mm. I think, um, I think she she was sort of coming. I do think she was coming back at him at the finish. So I think she's ran a really solid race. Obviously, the hood coming off for the first time was, I suppose, was a bit of a risky move given her history. Um, so fair play yeah, to her. When we say hood coming off the first time, remember she only had it applied late in her early part that of is her true. career. Probably yeah. the first four or five runs, she never had a hood, and then they felt like it had to be applied later on, and it and it worked. But to be honest with you, she was 
very good in the prelim. She had the red hood on, which obviously got taken off down at, behind the stools. But I don't, you can't say that she was keen or didn't perform without it. No, 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 I agree. I, but I, again, I, I do think she's a mile and a half horse coming back to a mile and a quarter, taking on a, what they say now is probably a miler at his best. Um, but yeah, I, no, I thought it was interesting. It, it does bring up the question, though, about the three-year-olds again. Um, obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times that throughout this podcast that uh, in previous podcasts that we don't think that the the mile division has been that deep. Okay, so I actually looked at the time form um, top-rated three-year-olds this season. Um, there's six: Paddington on one twenty-six, Chaldean on uh, one two-three was obviously beaten in Deauville on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A high Royale who finished again behind Chaldean. Bertinelli, who was beaten in the handicap at the Royal Meeting, Sharin, and Ro- and Royal Scotsman. Now, three of those, there's there's six. There is there one, two, three, four, five, six of those. Three of those have not won as a three-year-old, yeah. and one of them was beaten in the handicap last time. That that is time from top-rated three-year-olds, six top-rated three-year-olds over a mile. Is that not concerning? Yeah, yeah of, of course. But the only thing I, you know. I absolutely agree that the three-year-old division is not as good as what we've seen in previous years over the mile. I think our mile-and-a-half horses at uh, three-year-olds are, are much stronger. But our mile three-year-olds, um, in, in regards to especially the Colts that we're talking about now, are definitely not up to par with some that we've seen. However, I think that Paddington is potentially an exception. The fact that he's stepped up and he's gone and beaten... If really he was just touched off in an oaks before, who's won a coronation cup, I think we could, I think it'd be fair to say that he's probably a, a good step above. Now, I know he beat Chaldean at Ascot by, was it nearly four lengths? It was three and a half lengths or something going away. Chaldean was disappointing in France, but he definitely ran too bad to be true. But I would say that Paddington is probably a good six maybe eight pounds stronger, better than the next bunch of three-year-old mile colts that we have. I agree. Would you then Would you then say, given the path that Paddington's taken this season, mm. it's very unusual in terms of an Aiden, Aiden O'Brien horse yeah. that's going on and, and, and doing what he's been doing. He's come out of handicap company, obviously. But if he hadn't have ran in a handicap, it wouldn't be unusual. The only thing that makes it slightly strange is they made uses of handicap marks. Yeah, and but that is strange for Aidan O'Brien to do that. So, yeah. do you think that he has surprised them this season? Because I remember looking at the the, 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 the races from the start of the season, thinking, "Jesus, Aidan O'Brien has got a very weak hand this this year," sort of thing. And he has sort of stepped up and come out of the blue. Do you think he surprised them as he as perhaps a lot of us? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah, he, he he must have. I mean, they they must have thought he was fairly decent you know after he he did win on his second start but whether they thought he was going to be this elite I'm not too sure but you know physically he seems to be improving he's tough as nails and he's clearly taking his training well he's by Sayuni who as a rule they tend to be much better as they get older and maybe he's twice the horse now as he was as a two-year-old and as a two-year-old maybe he wasn't showing them as much as the likes of August Rodan well he definitely wasn't um, but now he clearly has stepped it up. And like Aiden said, you know, he's he actually got heavier between Ascot and Sandown, which is not something we see very often. So obviously still filling out and he's yeah. still physically improving. And I think he's probably shocked them in that he keeps finding more gears. Maybe he wasn't ever suggesting that that was going to be the case early on. But yeah. as he's got better physically, he's obviously been been running faster as well. 
Okay, last question on this, and, and then we'll sort of move on. But if I said to you, Paddington, Desert Crown, Hookham, Mustardaff, those four, over 10 furlongs at Sandown. At Sandown? Why don't we see the Judmon at York? Because that's maybe where they're all going to go. Well, possibly. There you go, at York then. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking, because we were talking about Sandown, it was in my head, but okay, yeah. Okay, so let's go, okay. And well, they've, all ran at their, they've all ran there recently, or, or won there, or whatever. Okay, so go through my li- the list again. Hookham. Hooker, um, he'll the, to see the best of him. There has to be cut in the ground. Owen Burrows won't risk him having had injuries on anything that has. I believe it has to be good, good to soft, quickest, um, or at least good. I don't think he wants to be running him on quicker than that. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So August York ground's going to be pretty quick. Scratch him out. Next one, Monster <laughs> uh, Death. He's pretty elite. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Desert yeah. Crown, if he comes back and he's he, he's fit and well and healthy. Yeah, he's hard to judge, isn't he? Hopefully we could maybe see him in the King George. He's still in. Um, hard to judge. Ten furlongs. Flat track. In terms of Paddington, though. The mile and a half, I don't know. In terms of Paddington along those. Along, I don't think we'll see him there. I think we'll see August Rodin. But that's why I was making up a fantasy Sandown race. But if it was if it, if Paddington was in there over ten furlongs against those top of horses, how do you think he would fare? Adequately, well beaten. No, Smashing he wouldn't bits. be well beaten. He certainly would not disgrace himself. Do I think Mustafa is ahead at this stage? Yes, yeah, I do. Um, but I also don't believe that that type of race would be playing to Paddington's best strengths. So actually. Would I could I see Paddington serving it up to some of the better milers? Yes, mm. and it's just a shout. And, and my tweet, go back to my tweet, that started this whole conversation, I suppose. Off like, and my point was just kind of being, I wish we'd have seen those type of horses in there against him. Like, for me, the eclipse has always been the three year olds taking on the best of the older horses and seeing how they fare. It's up. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel like I got that answered in that race, and that's why my tweet was, yeah. A little bit negative, I suppose, if you like. Yeah, it's but the negative. whole field that was yeah, exactly. rather than who actually turned up. You know, the right ones turned up, but I agree. And Mark, shame he wasn't there. You know, you could, the, the list could go on. Luxembourg, yeah. obviously, he didn't end up turning up. Babe Bridge, you could go on. You know, there's horses that we wanted to see running there to make it a 10 or 12 runner field that, that didn't go. Um, but like I say, a bit closer to Ascot. Maybe that's part to do with it. And then obviously you've only got um, the three-week turnaround then to the King George. So the chance of doing Ascot Eclipse King George this year were slim. Yeah. Um, okay. That's very quick run. So maybe that's partly to do with it. But I actually don't think we can, we'll see all those horses together because in my opinion, I think we're going to see Paddington drop back and August Rodan, although I know he's been a mile and a half, he could obviously go King George, but I also think he'll drop back to Judmont to the 10 furlongs as well. So it might be that he ends up stepping into uh, company with those old horses mentioned. Okay. Talk about a couple of older horses. Via Sestina. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, um, yeah, interesting. Because obviously a talking point that I wanted to actually bring up was the whole appeal ban and everything that's going on. So I believe that's tomorrow. So we'll find out a bit more with what happened. But clearly a very, very talented mare. There's no yep. doubt about that. 100%. Uh, but the interesting part here is Jamie Spencer is appealing his ban six days, I believe, 
um, that he picked up, obviously, when Viercicina hung across horses, caused interference against, well, it's different, but effectively it's against the connections of Stay Alert, who were appealing for one reverse of results and two, Jamie Spencer getting a bigger ban because they believe it was dangerous riding. So, I mean, that is like pretty much unheard of that they're, they're doing polar opposite. Yeah, sort of like unravel that. I think, I think my opinion on this is, right, uh, and, and there's a couple of ways you can look at this. If the BH, BHA stewards have come out and said, Jamie Spencer, you're banned for dangerous riding or careless riding, whichever one it may be, right? My opinion is that they should lose the race. If someone has broken the rules in any shape or form, they should lose the race, right? If the BHA stewards determine that's what he's done. And I and and because this is the only sport really you can break the rules, get banned for doing so, and still keep the trophy. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not really on if you right. think about it. Okay, but, okay. But there's but, a fine line there because you can get maybe two days for very slight bump or you know you've taken your hand off the range and pull your whip through and the horse is like sort of lugged and you've immediately corrected it now if you've got two days for accidental then are you i would then argue that, that you should i would then argue that you shouldn't get the two days if you're doing everything in your power to correct that horse that no daryl but this is the problem yeah, I agree. But I do think it should be more black and white. I think if you if you break the rules in any shape or form, and I'm, I'm talking about being like, let's not be silly about the, that you say, like if a jockey's doing everything they can to correct. If you break the rules in any shape or form, you should lose the race. Shouldn't keep the trophy for winning the race, right? That And the result should be reversed. That should be a black and white bottom line for me. In this case, I actually don't think that Jamie Spencer did too much wrong because like you just said then, the horse does lug right. If you go back and watch Via Sestina in many of her races, she's done it. She's done it in her, in her, in her Dahlia Stakes, the, the race previously, even though she had hit the front and she was on the bridle. If you look at the, the grass tracks, she's hung towards that rail. She does lug right. When I watch the race back a couple of times, I see that Jamie Spencer immediately reacted as soon as he came around the outside of the field i thought he immediately reacted and put his stick in the, in the other in the right hand and tried to correct her i just think it's out of circumstances that that sometimes those sort of things will happen and i think it's it's very harsh on a jockey i don't think i see Huey morrison say that it was a professional foul and he did it on purpose i don't really i don't really see that no, I, yeah, no, I definitely don't think it was done on purpose. No. And therefore, that's why it hasn't been classed as dangerous riding. Because, you know, if it were, I understand, it's hard to explain this, because it looks like it could have been dangerous because he caused a lot of interference. But he didn't ride in a dangerous manner purposely. I, and that's the difference. So it's hard to explain how I'm trying to say this, but hopefully that kind of made sense. But if it was dangerous riding, Jamie would get, I don't know, a month ban or something. You know, it'd be a, a huge ban and the results would have probably been turned over or he would have been thrown out, whatever. But because it... Was it careless? Was it, it, was it careless like you say. Okay, fine. So if you're saying it's careless riding, but you think if they get a ban, then they should have the race taken off them. So you're saying he shouldn't get any days or you're saying that some days are correct because he did cause him to fit. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the punishment has to fit the crime. So, it, you, know, you know, I'm not saying that he shouldn't get days. I'm, I'm, let's just theoretically say that if he has caused 
inter- serious interference by, dan- called by, by dangerous riding, and then he wins the race. Yes, he should be banned for a certain amount of days, and yes, they should lose the race because you should. There's no but way that would in happen. hell. That would happen if it was dangerous. Yeah, but it should also happen if it should if you if you in any way are careless or or cause serious interference and stop another horse winning the race, you should lose the race. Yeah, but you're contradicting what you're saying now, which is what's confusing me. Because you said if it was dangerous. And it was deemed dangerous by the stewards, and they've stopped another horse winning, blah, 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 then the race gets taken off you if, you if you've ridden dangerously, fine. But you're saying that, Jamie, it was careless slash accidental that it happened. I said right? it's accidental, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. careless. I'm saying it's absolutely accidental. It's, it's, there's not much you can do about that sort of thing. But then it comes down to the judgment. Then it comes down to knowing the horse. It comes down to the BHA stewards looking back at Vias Asina's yeah. last races and find out what type of horse she is, what she does. Like it's very, it's a very common trait for her. Yeah, to, but to the, the stewards are stewarding that day. They're not stewarding what she did before. Well, then they, they're going to have to. They cut. Like my, my point being is, Imagine they should have a wider picture of. Instead of just looking at that one individual race, they should have a wider picture and they should know the horse is better. You know, now, can you should... imagine that on a daily basis with all the races? I'll do it. I'll do it on a daily basis. I'll look at thousands of horses every day. Yeah, I, I know, but you that... can do it over a, like a long period of time. Like, that would be like you couldn't imagine like 31 handicap, Royal Alaska, and there's five cases of interference because it's all bunched up, right? And you're telling me that they've got to go back to those five horses, might be more depending on which horse you're saying they might have both bump whatever you're saying you've got to go back and watch all the replays or three of the most recent replays of every single one of those horses before you pull the jockeys back into the steward room to then say right well actually your horse always hangs right so i'm gonna actually say that that was careless riding because you should know it tongue right because i've just watched the replays back of yours right that's fine you can go now i've got to watch the next three replays for the next jockey they'll be there till 10 o'clock at yeah, night but i know but there's more than one steward i think they no. should know the horses better oh. they should know the horses better they should know the horses better i'm sorry than they, than they do right, okay so basically like moral of the story is you would be an absolutely you'd be a disastrous steward and also <laughs> you wouldn't be able to make your mind up whether jamie spencer gets days doesn't get days careless or accidental or whether he gets the race or not. Right. The my bottom line is this, right? This is my bottom line, yeah? Right. If if let's just take me out of the equation. If the BHA stewards find that he has been in breach of any rules, anyone has been in breach of any rules to win that race, they shouldn't win the race. They shouldn't keep the race. That's my bottom line. Okay. Do you not think? Do you not think? How how can you you can't like you, you right, can't so allow people to break the rules? What's, what's Jamie Spencer done then? Well, in my opinion, my opinion in this race, I, I think it's accidental. I don't think he's done too much wrong. But the BHA stewards have said that he's done something wrong by giving him days. You can't so give you're saying days. That he shouldn't have any days at all. But but if but if like no, I'm saying no. The I'm not like for me, I don't know what the outcome I would have. But the BHA stewards have said that he's done something wrong. So therefore, he they've given him days. If they've given him days for doing something wrong. He shouldn't be allowed to keep the race. That's not my opinion. That's what the BHA stewards are saying. If they're saying you've done something wrong, how the yeah, hell can you keep the, the race? Because it was the Irish. But anyway, yeah. Oh, sorry. I uh, yeah. I, 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 Jay. Sorry. But yeah, I just don't understand that. I, I, that's never sat right with me. I don't understand how. And Huey Morrison said exactly the same thing. How can you do? How can you give someone a ban for doing something wrong, but allow them to keep the race, a hundred and seventy gram race? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Never, never has made sense to me. I think the rules are too skew if. 
Okay, you've really confused me. But I kind of understand what you're trying to say, but then at the same time, it's not really making sense. So we're going to drop that one and we're going to move on um, to a couple of our eye catchers. So I'm going to go first. Um, just yes. Because. Um, a couple worth mentioning. Westover, we brought him up before. And he obviously got Group 1 glory over in France in St. Cloud on Saturday. Great for Rob Hornby, I must say, and I think Connections of Westover will be delighted that they've got his head back in front at this level. Rafe Beckett afterwards was not shy to say that they're definitely considering stepping up, so I'll be looking forward to seeing him potentially in the Irish St. Ledger because I think that could could really suit him. Uh, but he sh- certainly showed that he stays really well because he looked like he was possibly going to be beaten before staying on again. Yeah, he's a strange one, isn't he? Um, it, 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 look, he's one. He's got his group one, and, and fair play to Rob Hornby. Like he, he looked like bloody relieved, didn't he, to get that? Um, uh, fair play to him. he. Really did deserve that. He really, really did. To be fair though, he's only had to confirm the form of Zagray um, that he met in I think in the Shima Classic last year. But either way, he, he's done it well. He, he's a horse. It's hard. It's hard to sort of sort of put a finger on what he actually wants because he looks like he wants a mile six doesn't he? He, he he looks like he wants a really strong pace then again sometimes he looks like he's just like a, a horse that looks chasing the pack um so i mean even here he was a little bit it was a little bit hard work for rob ornby i thought to, to push him through the line um but i think he was idling a little bit once he hit the front and i don't know he's a lovely horse though he's got plenty of ability mm. like, like he really has and yeah, it's well deserved. A good story, a good good story from the weekend for Rob Hornby. That I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another of my eye catchers was the Foxes, who went over to the states and had to go over there. He was not drawn too kindly; had to sort of be dropped in, but actually flew home. And I actually think that this horse could be really good fun over there. He style of racing probably suits him. I think once he sort of gets used to having to be a bit sharper away if he had a better draw anyway stuff like that i think he could be really good fun over in the states and yeah he was definitely an eye catcher flying home yeah definitely totally agree with you i think he'd be well suited by the racing over there it's a little bit sluggish away from the gates money but obviously that mm-hmm. wide draw didn't help him at all he's come home with a with a jet powered pack on his back and uh it's, i suppose he was kind of a little bit unlucky in, in a sense i think so mm-hmm. yeah he's, he's again he's a nice horse i could see him progressing over there if he was staying over I- there I kind of think like he's one of those that's not quite at the very top level over here. And actually, there could be great opportunities and fair play for connections for sort of opening their eyes to that and taking the sort of bigger, bigger and sort of broader route with him. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely one to keep an eye on whether he'll end up running something over at Breeders' Cup meeting. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, because I, I think he could have a couple more trips over there um, throughout this year. And my last eye catcher before we get yours was Bahir. Uh, two-year-old winner at Newbury for Richard Hannon, who was second at Newbury on his debut in what was a messy race. He got beaten by 150 to one shot. It was all just a bit bizarre. Richard actually said he can't believe that he got beaten that day. Thinks loads of this horse. He was withdrawn at Royal Ascot. He was naughty in the stalls. Obviously did plenty of stall work um, between then and Newbury again. And he absolutely bolted up. Um, hard on the snaff, really impressive. And Richard is delighted that he's confirmed the promise he always thought he had. 
Yeah, he said, you could have knocked me over with a feather on debut when he was beaten. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really nice performance here. Um, it, it was quite effortless. It was quite nice to watch, mm. actually. I mean, if you if you backed him, you'd never even worry that uh, an inch. Look a smooth piece of work, wasn't it? it? it yeah, it really was. It was it was very smooth. It, he was um, maintaining a good early gap. So the first furlong was was pretty slow, but once he sort of got into into gut into stride, the middle part of the race was just very smooth and very strong, consistent, um, which is a sign of a, a, a decent horse. Um there's if with races like this where he's won by a little bit of a margin um, and he's done it so effortlessly effortlessly I, I kind of like to play two races I mean you were on the course that day I like to play two the two races you know over the same distance next to each other on the on the racing post website to just get a bit of a feel about what he achieved um, there was a, a previous race to that where two horses a variant horse and another horse finished well clear nine lengths clear I think yeah. the field yeah that looks a, a pretty decent race and he he effortlessly beat them um, and they were were miles clear of a, a ragtag bunch, if you like. So I think it's a decent piece of form. I think it's a, um, a form that I'm going to have a good look into as well for going forward. I think he's a nice horse. They were going to put him in the July stakes this week, weren't they? But they've not put him in. No, he's not. No, um, not I think out. Goodwood will very much be the plan. Yeah, whether he goes reasons. before that or not, who knows? But Goodwood sounds like it will be the plan for him. Um, so they're my eye catchers. Make sure you put them in the note with Daryl because I don't <laughs> getting about them. Um, You're doing well with these eye catchers. The scores on the doors. I don't know. You're winning. You, you've had Westover, Thunder Blue, and they're the only horses that have run for you. That I think oh. that yeah, like the, you've, the ones that have run have won. Happy days. <laughs> and what about yours? I don't know. I've lost the list. <laughs> 2 0 basically. Right. Okay, so you're right back just to try and gain some gold back. Um Sweet William we'll start with. Yeah, Sweet William, lovely horse. One for the column on uh, on Friday at Doncaster. Um he was uh, a very short price in the end because we had a non late non-runner come out, but he's won by four four lengths. He was definitely valued for a lot more than that. He's very sort of a quirky sort of horse. Um he's, he's learnt, you can tell that he's learning his job. And I quite like that about um, potential stayers. I remember last year, I really liked Solcombe uh, for William Haggis, who just progressed and progressed and progressed. And this is a similar type. He's um, layered with stamina. He's a half-brother to Hurricane Lane. Uh, I think stepping up to a mile six, a stiffer test will definitely suit him. I've mentioned the Melrose previously for Land Legend, actually, who's um, dropped up. This uh, dropped up. I don't know if he's going to be declared this week in the Bahrain Trophy, so that might be well mm. out of the window for him. But this is the typical type of horse. Uh, he's rated 85 at the moment. He's got to be reassessed on that run, but he, he surely can't go up much if if anything for that um on friday but he's he's around the 85 he's easily worthy of a rating in 100 or he could progress to a rating of 100 pretty easily so he's the type of horse to look up out for a melrose something like that he's a real nice stayer um going forward for for the goslins uh Lord land Sch legend just quickly oh, land, yeah. land legend he was one of your eye catchers before wasn't he that you said oh yeah hopefully he goes um for a handicap and not group race and now he's entered in a group race yeah, um, it's a good group race as well this week. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah whether he gets declared or not, we'll find out. Uh, is that Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Thursday. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, and on as you mentioned quickly there, William Haggis, he had a nice winner with Lordship, who you were impressed by on the weekend. Yeah, I... Um... I, I went into the weekend looking, I, I like this horse's performance the time before he won at the weekend. And I went into the weekend thinking, right, this is going to be the nap of the weekend. This is the one I'm going to back. And then his price went from eight to one, just crashed all week into about 
three to one. And I just thought that there's got to be a point where like you, you can't really back him. And um, I ended up putting up Banderas, who was uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the rain didn't come for him and he was a non-runner. So he didn't have a runner in the race anyway. Banderas would have been a good each way. Uh, really. It was a messy race, though. It was a messy race, but not a lot went right for Lordship, I didn't think. I thought there was a moment moment where he was going to drop out the back of the TV and not pick up. But once he got in a clear, he really mowed them down. The most impressive thing about this performance was the final two furlongs that he clocked. Very, very strong in a, in a, in a pretty well-run race. Not so much that he was flattered, but kind of it went. they went strong early doors. They settled it down mid part of the race and just went a true gallop. But he picked up really smartly. He's a very nice horse. He's going to go up in the handicap for that. But again, like the Melrose would be ideal for him, I guess. The trainer loves targeting it, but he he's definitely a nice horse to keep on side. He'll keep progressing, no doubt. And your final one of the week? Yeah, Chile, uh, in the same race as the Lordship race, didn't get home on the like visually didn't get home and on the clock definitely didn't get home. Not bred for a mile six. Um, so coming back in trip, I could see this horse running over 10 or mile, even a mile and a half, but is eligible for lesser races than that, and perhaps will sneak into a 0 to 85 mark of 86, might even get dropped a pound or two for that run um on Saturday. But is a horse that's been catching the eye and uh will definitely be picking up a race. Okay, interesting. Well, hopefully we've got a few winners amongst them. Part of the reason why I wanted to bring up the uh, Via Sestina race with Jamie Spencer is because obviously today it's been announced Cardam has been uh, supplemented for the July Cup. Jamie, as it stands, won't be able to ride. It is a crazy busy weekend. We've got racing everywhere. It is madness. I mean, everyone trying to find jockeys, work out one who's not banned because everyone seems to always be banned with these new whip rules which are a total nightmare, to trying to get riders at, across, what is it, six or seven meetings on a Saturday. Yeah, proper Newmarket. proper meetings as well, like York, Ascot, racing. Newmarket. Yeah, proper yeah. racing. We've got amazing racing this weekend. Hopefully it provides good opportunity for um, you know, jockeys that might not necessarily <laughs> ride for general connections. Yeah, and you. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, it kind of open up sort of, um, nice opportunities but it does make things difficult when you've got big racing like the July Cup your main jockey the go-to jockey's banned your next in the list is at a different meeting it becomes carnage and actually we've got Shaquille who's got at the moment no rider Kadim who's got no rider because they their regulars are all banned or, or, or elsewhere so it, it Ross. a bit of a logistical nightmare Kinross I think will enjoy it Oh, okay. Because Frank, yeah, Frankie's usually there, and he, but he's banned as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's it, it's tricky, but this is something that is potentially not going to happen next year with the new layout and everything. Yeah. Um, just touching on Kim Ross there quickly, Meg. Uh, something's bugging me. They 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 mentioned um, that the July Cup was definitely going to be the target, right? But obviously they made a seasonal return behind Cardem in the um in, mm-hmm. in the in the Jubilee. How how fit when when you when a horse makes their reappearance in a race like he oh, was chubby, he was was he? Yeah, he was on paper my pick, and I saw him in the paddock and was put off straight away. Right, okay. He's quite a burly horse. He's not that tall. He's a bit shorter, kind of your your sprint looking mm. horse, you know. But he was he was barely, and I know he's won over much further than yeah, six, he's won up to the mile, hasn't he? But he sort of is built more like a sprinter. And he he looked big to me. And I, you know, I don't know whether if he'd had whatever possible injury, whether he's 
you know, not being able to train quite so hard at home, whether they've got longer term targets, having done well abroad last year. It wasn't necessarily all about Asuka. I mean, look, you don't use Asuka or run a horse like yeah, that that's, prep race. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What's the benefit of doing that? No, I don't. But that wouldn't have been the intention. I think what's tricky with a horse like him is probably he finds. I only imagine. I don't know this for sure, but I can imagine he finds everything at home very easy. Yeah, he's probably the type of horse that works with anything. So actually, you can never put them under enough pressure to have them one hundred percent fit after such a long layoff. You know, without actually them having a race. Okay. So he will no doubt have improved plenty. If the rain comes this week, even if it's just makes it on the slow side of good, I think that will help him too. But he just, when I saw him in the paddock, I thought, Ooh, you're looking a bit chub. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very interesting. That's good information. Cause I, I, I did fancy him for, for Ascot, even knowing they said like mm. the target was a July cup because yeah, it, I think be on his day, he's, a, he's mustard. He's absolutely yeah. mustard on his day. So yeah, if they get a bit of cut on the ground this week, I, I'm looking at Azure Blue and Kim Ross at the moment. I, I kind of want to take on that uh, common Commonwealth Cup form, really. Uh, Shaquille was very, very, like it was a, it was almost like a special performance, really, for him to break the way he did and then come home the way he did. It kind of makes me question a little bit, question the form a little bit. If mm. he's if he's able to do that, you know, it's... it's, it's I think yeah. he's talented. I really love yeah. him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Jockey bookings there, um, obviously, with Ashim Ban, James Doyle, down for Ascot. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be all up in the air. I imagine connections will be discussing over the next couple of days with all of the sort of named horses, but it's there's gaps everywhere. There's potentially opportunity for lots of people all over the place. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens. You'll Especially be earning your money this week. Quirky. You'll be earning your money this week, won't you? Yes, obviously trying. (laughs) Putting a few, you know, hints out there right now. No, um, no, look, who 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 knows? You all you can do is offer and what can they say? No. Absolutely. So you you never know. You can't ever be too bold in this game. So um we're certainly trying. But um yeah, busy, busy week ahead. Uh away from actually the July Cup, has there been any horses entered that you're particularly interested in at all or one that sort of really stands out? Uh, well, I'm wondering if Noble's going to run in the John Smith's Cup on Saturday at okay. York. Uh, he he dotted up at, at Newcastle. I quite fancied him uh, two weeks ago. He, he's in there at sixteen to one. He's gone up to a mark of ninety-seven. He's effectively going to run under like five-pound penalty, really, because he was already entered in the race off ninety-three. So he'd, he'd be interesting. Me, I know he disappointed at, at York behind Marber, the champ, the time before, but. I just think he just sort of blew up a bit there and I think he's quite talented. So there's, there's loads more to come from him. So he's interested in me at the moment, but I, I do like that John Smith's day at York. It's, it's yeah. normally very good racing. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's, I'm hoping it's not going to be a too expensive weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go one way or the other with so many race meetings on dangerous. Um, okay. I'm going to put one out that I'm looking forward to and that's city of Troy who's entered in the superlative. Um, he was sort of, sh- spoken of pretty highly after he won um what the Curra Derby weekend wasn't it so a yes. uh, couple of couple of weeks ago so yeah that's the horse I'm looking forward to seeing obviously if they turn up like we we say it's unknown at this at this stage but lots of exciting stuff coming up um good bit of a confusing if anything debate that we've had <laughs> once again today and for everyone who is going to be having a look at some of this week's racing remember obviously the july uh, cup meeting 
starts on Thursday. So there's good racing throughout the week. But please, everyone remember to gamble responsibly. Have fun. And hopefully we have guided you towards plenty of winners. <laughs>